Hello and welcome to the Bear Claw Podcast. I am your host, Omar Delgado. With me as always, Zachary Stein. The Bears. And Isaac Turgeon, Packers fan extraordinaire. So, the Chicago Bears win against the Las Vegas Raiders. Insert sound clip. Led led single-handedly by Tyson Bagent. Single-handedly, you just said? (laughs) Yes. He won us the game. Uh, anyway, so we won, but before we get too deep into that, let's hit you with some updates. Justin Fields was out last week with a thumb injury and he will be out next week. It is possible that he could be back by week nine, uh, but that is best case scenario. Uh, so he could be out longer than that. Still nothing for sure, but he look he's looking good. Matt Eberflus says he's, uh, improving. Also, according to Matt Eberflus, he is still QB one. He assured that there is no quarterback controversy within the Bears organization. He is still the uh, number one quarterback. Nate Davis is still out with an ankle injury, and he uh, will continue to be out. Will definitely be out next week against the Chargers, according to Iberflus. Braxton Jones may be back to uh, to practice on Wednesday. He's missed the last five games, I think. And uh, after Wednesday, if he hasn't come back, actually, I put that in there, but I'm not really 100% sure. But it's like after Wednesday, the Bears have 21 days to bring him back or just leave him on uh, injured reserve for the rest of the season. Roshan Johnson will also be uh, might be practicing on Wednesday. Matty Rufu said that he's got another hurdle. Uh, quote, he's got another hurdle that he has to clear, but it looks real positive and that looks good for Wednesday. End quote. Khalil Herbert will be on injured reserve for at least three more weeks. He still has an ankle injury. Um, but yeah, and we'll have the full injury report on Wednesday and know for sure everything else the 2023 trade deadline is eight days away but it seems like the bears are not really going to be making any moves and be pretty inactive why does it seem that way are you saying that like like other is that what people are saying or is it just because we haven't seen uh, a little of both but mostly just because that's that's what i'm seeing just from reports that doesn't look like the bears are going to be making any crazy moves or anything i mean that could be wrong it's not i don't know about crazy moves but i do expect some moves oh however we have one more game that we can play and so mm-hmm. i also would not be surprised if it's you know just literally day of yeah day before, like last basically. minute super last minute an update on chase claypool who is in miami he played in the game in the miami game against uh the eagles and they lost. He is currently on a 13-game losing streak, and it looks like he's still missing blocks in Miami. So, eat a dick to Chase Claypool. Uh, with that, that does it for the updates. And so now, we're going to head into the general vibe check. Stein, how are you feeling after this Bears win against the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, all in all, pretty good. It was obviously against another shitty team. Mm. Um uh, I think that we can take away some pretty good positives and um, on both sides of the ball. And it is, yeah, no, I think all in all, it's, it's more so, more so from a seeing positive trends for the defensive side, but also seeing what looked like the offensive line to finally get a halfway, sorry, what looked like the offensive line to get a halfway decent rhythm. So mm. um, I'm very interested to see you what the direction of the rest of this this season is going to hold and whether or not now being the bears however i also have zero hope whatsoever um, (laughs) that they actually keep doing what works sure yeah 
you know, this season that. we have. Yeah, <laughs> I think this uh, this past game was the first game that we stuck with what worked. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm fe- I'm feeling pretty good too. It's just nice to win football games. I think this was. I mean, yeah, the Raiders are a shitty team. Uh, I think our uh, defense looked good. I mean, we just did. I think this this game we just executed well. We just did what we had to. We went out there uh, and took care of business, which was it was good. It was nice. There was nothing too crazy. You know, I don't think we, I don't think we were behind the whole game. I think we led the whole entire game, and so just cruised to a nice little win. So, do you want to just do a smorgasbord, or do you kind of want to start with like offense? I think there's a couple of things that I want to talk about uh, going into this week. Obviously, we have the Tyson Bajent piece, um, but additionally, we're going to have to take a look at um, Eberflus and the calling of the defense, and mm. then Getze, right, calling of the offense. I'm just going to throw this out there. I fucking called this last week, right? I called it. I said you the did. Bears are going to win. You the did. Bears are going to win, and then there's going to be a hype train afterwards that like, and a oh, lot of get, stupid conversation. Yeah, gets it, and <laughs> agents the future. And yeah, all this bullshit. Um, you know it's funny. I think you had mentioned that people had brought up, like complaining about saying so many people talking about how, oh, Bajan's QB one now. Bajan's QB one now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we have Eberflus coming out and saying like, nope, not a thing. Fields yeah. is QB one. There's, um, I think obviously it's. I can understand from a fan perspective, like getting caught up in something fresh and something hopeful. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I get that. Um, but yeah, I think we oh, can yeah. dive a little further caught into in that. comfortable win too, I think. Like this uh, this yeah. win wasn't like an up and down, wasn't like a nail biter, wasn't like a emotional or anything. It was just like, this is a game we should or had the potential to win. Um, and we did. It was good to see. Um, you know, Devontae Adams... Initially, they came out firing. I thought Devonte Adams was just like going to just pop off for sure. You know, he's a, yeah. He tends to do that against the Bears, right? Um, yeah, I was and, remembering Isaac saying last week if we if, uh, he was asking us if we thought that was going to happen, and yeah. I, I was like, okay, I think it might actually. <laughs> I think that is going to happen. Um, it was an interesting take though to have Stevenson on him the whole time. You know, mm, and, and yeah, and I think it was a really good experience for the rookie to to get that, but also to be shown the faith that. Like, yo, we're not pulling you off him. Like, yeah, we trust you. This is your job. This is what you're going to have to do. He is absolute. I think he has the makings to be a, a, a fantastic defensive back in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's been proving that week over week. And it was nice. Like, he's going up against a truly elite, like, future Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yeah. Um, who is, I'm sorry, I think just wasting away in fucking <laughs> in Las with Vegas. the Raiders right now. In the sun. Um, <laughs> you got to get him over in Green Bay. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, having having the ability and the opportunity to get the reps in against that, I think, uh, and for him to rise up to it, you know, uh, mm, the meet the challenge game really pulled together. They've been aggressive. Um, I think that's something we can kind of go into. Is like, uh, yeah, on the topic of rookies rising to the uh, to the challenge, it seemed like uh, Wright was the one taking on. Crosby, who was like the Raiders' main talent on on defense, and it seemed like uh, Wright was the one to take him on most of the time. And he, I think, he did pretty good. He gave up uh, four pressures and a sack, but I think for a rookie going against uh, a talent like that, I think that's, I think he did a really good job. Well, they also moved Nate Davis over to right guard, so he had like the two largest men on the right side that place yeah. that side of the ball. There's two guys there 
they were the size of three men basically like holy shit they were absolutely like just manhandling that side and and you know so yes i mean all in all i think that again that's another another piece right of a a rookie like hey you're lining up against one of the best pass rushers out there right now like mm-hmm. we trust you you know yeah um and then white hair playing over at left guard it just seemed like the offensive line locked in a bit and i know Eberflus made a comment about like you know everybody basically playing where they're most comfortable everybody playing where they wanted to is, yeah. is kind of what he was <laughs> yeah. hinting at and i was like wait hang on so why the fuck were you doing this why the whole were time we doing like, that what? yeah <laughs> you fucking yeah. knew this and like what so yeah uh, that's very that's pretty strange yeah i think again, we've had like very, six like, different uh starting offensive combinations since the start of the season yeah or something again, with, like that with injuries and i i wouldn't but, be surprised if we got more especially with people coming off the ir mm-hmm. so yeah that's going to be interesting you know yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, over. I mean, overall, I think our yeah, I agree with you. I think our O line did hit a rhythm, and it seemed like they were doing pretty well. I think it helped that uh, it didn't seem like Tyson Bajant was hanging on to the ball for too long or really uh, taking too long. Well, uh, it was also I think that helps them. They they also worked so well together in establishing the run game, which ultimately is what led to that clock control, right? Yeah, it led to that the execution of an actual what seemed like game plan from Getzy for finally, right? Yeah, like, of. Of holy shit, like there's something that kind of makes sense here. Oh, yeah. you mean we're doing well with the run and we're not going to stop and running we're not it? Like, go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting for that moment. Right? Yeah, for them waiting to for that away from it. Then yeah. just be like, yeah, we're not going to run the ball. Anymore. Actually, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're it was not great. Do what works. Our, our running game was great, and they were backups too, which was uh, I mean, that was what our three and four mm-hmm. on the roster. And uh, Deontay Foreman had a fucking awesome game. He was running. He popped off. He was, yeah, he did not. He refused to go down on every run. It was really, uh, really fun to watch. Just watch him run over people. Uh, He had 16 carries for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, One of which I think was a passing touchdown. Uh, He, He, honest to God, was like, I think that's what people were expecting him to be when we picked him up. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he is that sort of. He's not usually much of a juker. He's not much of a lateral motion type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He tends to be more of like a, a ground and pound type guy. Yeah. And uh boy, he pounded it for sure. I mean, he pounded it hard. You know, he was <laughs> he was pounded it left and right. Yeah. And oh like yeah. Really it just, didn't matter where. Just pounding. If there was nonstop. a place to be pounded, he was doing that. For sure. I mean, he did what he was he came out and he did exactly what he was paid for. You yes. Know? And um stepped up it was, it was nice to see him absolutely uh, again right i mean he he had a, a decent performance last week too mm-hmm. um you know again stepping up and like it, it was it was good to see him out there so um and actually get to be part of like the game design fully you know yeah <laughs> utilized and not not like oh you're working well but we're not going to use you anymore like, yeah <laughs> yeah we we have a lot of depth at running back i wonder how uh how tough it's going to be if, uh, to make decisions with, you know, Deontay Foreman having a game like that once uh, once everyone's healthy, once Roshan's healthy, and once Khalil Herbert's back. I wonder how difficult those decisions are going to be. Or, Well, if anything, I'm hoping it kind of opens up the possibility of the run game. Like, of, of, yeah, that's, like yeah. we don't need to we don't need to be playing a lot of lateral run pieces. Like, we've got some that truly can. I mean, Herbert's got a halfway decent, you know, straightforward, but he's also more of a you can utilize him as a multi-tool player, right? Whereas yeah. like Deontay Foreman is like 
just just give him the fucking ball. He's I almost want him to face. just become a fullback <laughs> at some point. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, um, you know, then speaking of people, I honestly, I and that's the other thing is like Deontay Foreman was a extremely high caliber running back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. right like in through his career like earlier in his career he was absolutely a high octane runner he is past that right and just his, couldn't avoid injuries that was the main derailment yeah you know? and, it, and he so, was up there absolutely and he i mean he would show out and pop off and he was I mean, fun to watch you know i think we have to give credit there obviously like hey congratulations I, you know this whole the tyson bajan thing we'll get to in a minute and i think yeah. that, that is absolutely overshadowing though the performance <laughs> yeah of deontay Foreman. like you have to call that sort of like a comeback performance almost because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's getting him more yeah back to that level that he's known for so yeah i would say that uh... Yeah, and I don't. I think it's a little unfair that the Tyson Bajan thing is overshadowing uh, Deontay Foreman's performance because it was really good. Uh, and I think uh, I was reading too. Iberflus was talking about because you were saying how he he at one point wasn't even on the you know on the rops on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. And Iberflus was talking about how he's been the same guy uh, throughout all that, even when they took him off and then he came back on. He he's had the same attitude and everything, which is great. You love to hear that, you know. Yeah, you know, I think something we should mention is obviously it's the Chicago Bears' first home win. Since in over a year of 2022 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah you know and 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 not just their first home win but it was their first sunday win mm-hmm. since the same time so i mean like uh i think it was like 391 days <laughs> so, for the sunday oh, win for, for for over a year that's just yeah wild. that's a long time to go without a home <laughs> home victory <Yeah. laughs> that's tough dude but that's behind us now only Blue skies ahead. <laughs> so good O line, good run game. You want to get into Bajent? Yeah, let's get into Bajent. Um, let's get into Bajent. Again, another guy that stepped in and did exactly what he gets paid for. Took care of business. Uh huh. Came mm-hmm. in. He was efficient with the ball. He protected it. He made a lot of short passes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I th- again, I think that's by design. I think that's one of yes. the reasons that he was able to get rid of the ball so quickly is because yeah. some of those plays were designed for that. So, Meant for that. Yeah, and you um, can kind of tell. I think especially after you mentioned that uh, last week on the pod, I was really I was watching this uh, this week, and I could, it felt like I could tell almost where it's like, oh, I am seeing that. Like, you can see it. Like, okay, that is definitely like that play is drawn up for him specifically to get the, you know, specifically for that, to get the ball out quick and to give him that option. And give well, that's that a standard quarter. when it comes to – does yeah game design around a backup quarterback when mm-hmm. you know that your starter is truly out like going into a game and you're going to be with your second string like that's very common is that you have um especially a rookie yeah <laughs> yeah right? a d2 rookie like like is that it's not necessarily that it's dumbed down as much as that it's like no we're going to simplify mm-hmm. some of what we do and to the point where i was like why don't why don't we just kind of do that for a little bit anyways? Since yeah. since Fields has still yet to really get the opportunity to, I don't know, develop in like an offensive system that has been there consistently, right? Yeah. This is year three, and yet what system are we on now? I mean, two? Yeah. Two, <laughs> yeah. two three? Three? Who called plays? Who, who was the offensive coordinator last year? Because it was not Getsy, was it? I think it was. Was it? Oh yeah, it was because he's the one that had to modify it with the run game and such for mm-hmm. for Fields, but still it, it was. But they modified that game. The, it wasn't the, the same scheme. Yeah, so it's not the scheme of what it is this year. And so it's like, 
well, why don't we go back to some of this, like, hey, design it so that he can get through the reads a little bit quicker yeah. so that he's not trying to elongate things and hold the ball for six fucking seconds, you know? Yeah, like, trying to make something happen. Uh, um, so, yeah. This is... Watching the the scheme around Tyson Bajan, I don't know. I was a little bit thinking, like, is there sabotage going on here? Because Luke Getzey looked at when well, I looked at the roster, knew his who his quarterback was, and schemed accordingly, and was able to have them and was able to successfully execute. Why haven't we been able to do that all season? Like, why are we having this back and forth and this like return to you know to bad play calling, not just in general but for field specifically. I don't I know. He, he <laughs> it's a reach for sure. Shit. Like it's very he tries to get cute like, with shit. Like, yeah, that's it. He's you think that's to, what it is? Yeah, I think they're just trying to show like that he can be one of the big big guys. And it's like, yeah, you can't. You can't, you can't do that. Mostly because you haven't given any time at all for your actual offense to like, yeah, get good at the basics. Even you know, mm-hmm. um, Bajent definitely showed very good uh, pocket presence. Pocket awareness, field mm-hmm. awareness. Um, he made great decisions, you know, he could, and he showed a lot of poise. But these are things that yeah. we mentioned last week when we saw him come out too at like with without warning, right? So he had yeah. a week of preparation. Without being so prepared. it was nice to see that. Um, now, I will say, you know, you, you said it, it's not, you don't think it's quite fair that Bajan's story is overshadowing Foreman's performance. I, I disagree. Yeah. Because isn't this what sports is about? Sure. I mean, sports is about the. This is a legit underdog story, right? Mm-hmm. D two undrafted. undrafted. Yeah. Like you look, you look at his route to even get here. The last game that he started at had two thousand fans. This one had over sixty thousand fans in attendance, and it was, you know, like, and it was shown nationally on te- on television, which you can yeah. stream globally. You, yeah, you know, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, I also want to like put the brakes on a little bit and be realistic. Yeah. He was 21 of 29, but he, that was for 162 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. Right. Yeah. So, you know, now Foreman, half of which uh, of those yards come, came from yards after catch. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, again, that's off. Now that is making good plays and good decision-making yeah, to yeah. your playmakers, yes. which again, comes back to the issue I have with Getsy of like, why the fuck <laughs> can't you do that? that's yeah dude that's what i'm elsewhere, saying like right? <laughs> yeah and when he did do that yeah. elsewhere were the games where fields collectively combined for what what 700 yards between the two games mm-hmm. i mean there? i don't know but yeah six i mean he had great like games yeah with six seven touchdowns you know like those two games back to back where it was like oh yeah no we got it right we've got the run game going and it allows us to spread the field Gives the wide receivers opportunity to create a little bit more space. Gives him time to get the ball out. He didn't hold the ball as long in those games. And then right back to like the bullshit we were saying that eventually got him hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yep. you know, now Bajant comes in. So, I mean, ultimately though, for me, for Bajant, is I think we got to see him poised in a nationally televised game um, in front of 60,000 plus people at home, you know, mm-hmm. give yeah. the fans their first home win in well over a year. On Sunday, you know, uh, it was it was good for him. I'm happy for him, and this is something that I think he abs- he'll never forget in his entire life. And he'll tell his kids, and you know, whether he turns out to be like a a long term backup or whether he turns out to be like maybe he gets a starting opportunity later down Somewhere. the road, yeah. you know, with a, a team. Um, I don't know if it would necessarily be. Who knows what that holds, right? I don't think we have enough film still. That's the other thing. Is, yeah, you know, defensives yep. usually now there's game film on him right like now they have actual like 
game film in this scheme yeah kind of have an idea of like what he wants to do but even then most defensive um scouts require like three to four games, games of, film. of film yeah and so this is still only one so if we yeah. can limit the well, amount of time to... that we show him <laughs> sure you know so it's kind of like yeah when i think most defenses too are going to be better than the than the raiders <laughs> so again though you had one of the best pass rushers in the league going after mm. an untested d2 rookie right so mm-hmm. that's kind of i think we got he and with that he knew well, it was on the other side of the ball i mean extremely poised yeah great pocket presence pocket awareness like so i mean ultimately i think we can shit on the raiders all we want the the that front line is still a force to be reckoned with especially with an offensive line that we can't always consistently rely on right so yeah i don't know I think they, yeah, they did sure. Good. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. What? Uh, no, you don't sound like you agree. What? No, well, I don't. I don't disagree. With anything. I just think. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I don't think. Uh, I think we. I mean, we just talked about it. The old line kind of did a good job of taking those. Uh, kind of did out. a good job. Yeah, I'm gonna say as a backup quarterback who no. sat out for six <laughs> fucking games and watched the number one guy get his dick kicked in for four of those games. Why on earth would he ever come in here with any type of, like. Uh, uh, I I would have zero confidence at all going into that game. Sure. I would be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Are you I, fucking?" Just, and now, no, and now you're just... switching the line again, and now you're switching them all around again. Yeah, against this guy, you want to switch them around again against this guy. That's what we're doing for my start. That's sure. okay, cool. So sure. for me, that's where poise matters. That's where pocket presence matters. That's where like he yeah, I, and I'm not he was I able to hold it. With so. any of that. Yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't poised. I'm not saying he you know that he wasn't. I'm saying we confident. can't totally shit and like discredit just I, because it's the Raiders. I do not want to shit on the Raiders though. I'm just saying our O line did a good job of taking care of that front four as well. Well I mean Max Crosby has been you know ridiculous the last few weeks. So it's obviously a testament to be able to hold him because even him being crazy opens up spots for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just being able to hold that and then neutralize the whole line is a testament. Absolutely. On that, oh, I want to hit on Tevin Jenkins, too. He look, uh, he had 33 pass blocking snaps. snaps, uh, And in those 33, he had zero sacks allowed and zero pressures allowed. So I just wanted to give a tip of the cap to Tevin Jenkins because he's been doing that. Uh, and it seems like... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it seems like he's more comfortable at guard, and that's where he kind of wants to be. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll keep him there. I guess it depends all on injury and and scheme and what uh, what Getty and Eberflus are feeling like. But uh, offensively too. Oh yeah, no no love for Komet on National Tight End Day. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> that's I, that I was thought that was kind of like, bogus. <laughs> I was like, damn, you know that Kelsey showed out and. Yeah. yeah all yeah that's the other thing like, like looking around the league end, like all the other tight ends yeah like, <laughs> it's like damn bro i think we can dig into the defense a little bit now unless there's anything else you want to talk oh, about. oh actually the one thing about bajan that I, we we do need to mention though is you know he uh uh is that he was taken out for the hill mary play oh right? the like, arm that's strength the one thing? time yeah. that they put Peter in. <laughs> yeah that was really well they put him in later for the victory formation too i think but you know, yeah just, that was Kind yeah, like, that was so strange. I was confused. I was like, "You guys really do not trust this guy's arm." Like, I was like, "What <laughs> for a hail no. mary? Come on!" <laughs> exactly. Like, that's, yeah. When um, Peterman tried to get cute with it too, it looked like, and he—I don't even think he, <laughs> that throw wasn't very great. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little concerning. Not for—I don't know. I think uh, 
I don't know who to be more concerned about. You know, is it like, is there something that the coaches are seeing uh, in Tyson Bajan's arm or lack thereof yeah. that, that they switched out? Or is it just them making a dumb fucking decision? Like, hard to tell. I think it, I think ultimately it just comes down to, he probably hasn't really run that much anyways. And, you know, just fuck it. Like why, why, why he's doing so well at these like short game, these short gains, like fuck it. Just don't, don't let him, you're setting him up. The the odds of that being a catch are very already small. Yeah. And so it's like, don't, yeah. My thing is don't set him up for, for failure. Another, another uh another failed pass possible interception because Mm -hmm. you don't know what kind of effect that's going to have oh yeah how that might hit so to me i'm like yeah we don't give a shit about the mental effect it's going to have on nathan peterman so (laughs) (laughs) yikes (laughs) poor guy um oh uh, i will say third down conversions were a little bit better right eight and 13 that's better than some of the games where we've gotten like one in 15 or something yeah some shit two and 14 you know so um eight 13 yeah we'll take it still not not great but you know uh better um better than the raiders want to give that (laughs) shot so yeah but yeah i mean moving over defensive side of the ball if you want to jump into that i i think the one thing i really want to look at is the question i want to posit to lead this conversation Mm-hmm. is does Eberflus being in complete and total control of the defense make them a better defensive unit? And so diving through some of the stats that we're looking at and the performance of the games, especially the last three combined, you know, I'm going to say yes, especially considering like they haven't had the same personnel package every time mm-hmm. because we've had people going in and out and, you know, uh, out with injury, coming back, you know, going on the IR. Some people are on the way back from the IR from yeah, earlier in the season. Just so, all sorts of fucking musical chairs. Exactly. And yet they've still been able to lock down the run consistently mm-hmm. over the last few games. Um, we've allowed just above 15 points average over the last few games, which that was something we were discussing offline was, you know, one of the things that, at, at that in the league that they look at when it comes to like true data true metrics is three games of a consistency whether mm. that's in a positive negative fashion whatever in order to determine you know pros and cons and so the last three games we've allowed only 15 offensive points by the defense right yeah. uh, so that's not <clears throat> like turnovers you know uh the 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 scoop and and scores or anything like that that's that's strictly just the defense versus the offense getting scored on yeah exactly um you know td is happening in like garbage time yeah basically um so you know uh, i think that that is and and we've had the turnover rates the last few games have been higher we've been able to limit that passer rating um so yeah i mean i think generally they've been doing a better job uh especially the last three but it's then you you, you got to consider what we talked about earlier with Eberflus taking over was like, okay, well, he's going to change the defensive scheme again. So all these guys were already in the middle of learning one. Yeah, and then had to... Just being years. able to apply it at like a live level, right? Before 
our defensive coordinator's not there for <laughs> yeah. game two. Yeah. He wasn't even at game two, right? Yeah, he, no. He was at game one, <laughs> yeah. not at game two. And then yeah. he was gone before It just game wasn't three, officially so. gone until, yeah. And it was like, by the time they got to game three, you know, Eeps didn't have enough time to like throw something. No, that's he not was, enough time he, to really make you the defense the, yours compl- in exactly. the way you want and, to. And so they've had a few weeks and like, I think you can see that transition and having him be that voice that's in their ear mm. um, consistently, I think has been helpful. And, and one of the reasons that they've been doing pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. So that's my take on it, at least. What, what are your thoughts on, on Iberflus as the, the defensive coordinator and, and how we've performed with him? Yeah, I mean, you read my mind because uh, that was something I definitely wanted to talk about because I think it's something that has to be acknowledged with just how uh, since Iberflus has taken over, it seems like the defense is on an upwards trend. And it's, I mean, it's really... I mean, it's hard to not, it's hard to deny in general, hard to deny with any sound evidence. Cause I mean, like you're saying, uh, you made that great point about, uh, over the last three games and establishing that pattern of not allowing a lot of, uh, scoring from the other team. And I mean, yeah, th- I mean, I'm just, I'm with you. I mean, you make great points. <laughs> I have nothing to argue. I just think it's, it's hard to deny it. Um, he, I think, yeah, I think since he's took, taken over, it just seems like we were doing better. seems like it took a week maybe to, for him to really establish what he wanted uh, in the defensive scheme. And, you know, especially with what he's had, I just think he's doing good. <laughs> it's hard to, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but, you know, uh, you think it'll save his job though? <laughs> I don't know if it'll necessarily save his job. It might, dip, again, depending on how the rest of the season goes, mm. I think it might buy him some time. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe he does end up sticking around through next year. I don't think he's built to be a head coach. No, I don't. I think he, I think obviously he is built to be a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, like he's so far, he's got shown that, that background, has, but yeah. even, even in a Chicago style with this particular. So re- it seems that regardless of the personnel package that he's got, he's able to, I, I would love to hear what some of the coaching is like from him. I, I'm willing to bet that he's honing in on like basics right on just fundamentals something about fundamentals but also on top of that probably something along the lines of like taking some complex piece that's in his defensive scheme and breaking it down to its simplest form and some type of like cue word or some type of repetitive word like Mm. over and over again that the guys are just buying into because the way that the defense it seems to be finally kind of clicking now and having some of the playmakers like stepping up and actually making plays finally, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and consistently, like you know, we've got Edmonds and Edwards out there that are actually like being a little up. bit more consistent, slightly yeah. more aggressive. Um, and that has been was my complaint earlier on in the season was like too much reactionary football not and enough not proactive, enough proactive, you know, um, anticipatory football. So yeah. I'm excited. That's one of the big, big positives i saw from here again you know it we're going up against fucking brian hoyer like yeah (laughs) Yeah. you have to take it with a grain of salt but if anything it's good reps against uh, like talking about stevenson on on um devontae adams on devontae adams you know like that's good experience for him like even though the the offense might be garbage you're still going up against like an elite yeah when it's it's an improvement i mean it's an improvement to at least go and take care of business you know to not look like shit against a team that you shouldn't look like shit against (laughs) you know so i think even in that yeah exactly so i think even that you know it's an improvement and uh i mean i'll take it we'll see uh i mean we'll see as the season goes on how um 
how Iberfus continues to do and <laughs> see if he can save himself or I don't know. I wouldn't mind. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I was, we'll see. Maybe uh, how would you feel about him getting moved over to like legitimately getting moved over to de- uh, defensive coordinator and bringing someone? I else think if they coach? cut ties with Iberfus or like if after this season they demoted him. I honestly wouldn't be opposed to keeping him as a defensive coordinator if this trend continues. If this keeps going. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, um, so again, I, th- I think we're obviously playing the what if game with very little yeah, information. It's all, yeah. <laughs> um, but it does seem that he's got something moving in the right direction again. And, and we're looking for that, that pattern. So now, now the question goes, okay, how long can we continue this pattern? Yeah. Um, and, and is it going to work against better offenses? Yep. Right. And that will soon be found out. We do yeah. have, I think this the next is coming up eventually. So yeah, um, well, I think even next week we have the Chargers, Chargers but the, the Chargers are fucking dog shit right now too, though. Yeah. They, the other issue that it, that we had, um, I think, on the defensive side of the ball, especially, I, we got to be better with penalties, dude. <laughs> we more than yeah. we more than doubled our pass interference penalties <laughs> in this single game. Like that's dude. That's a wild. A football, that is a football field and some changes worth of, of uh, exactly. penalty yards is not great. You don't want to see that. <laughs> now, with that, it is indicative of a more aggressive play style, which is something that I think we need, especially yeah. with the young guys that we have who need more reps, who need more experience. Like, fuck it. Look, you, yeah, you know what? We're going to get called on some stuff. But sure. as long as we keep stopping some things elsewhere, like I'd r- I would rather have them I get just, that aggressiveness and yeah. not that hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did feel too. I mean, at least just from what I remember, it, it was a lot of penalties, but it didn't seem like a lot of them came at like key moments, like a lot of like at bad times. So exactly, that's kind of like the the place I'm. That's looking a little at asterisk like, of like, those are yeah. still acceptable, right? Yeah. So I think that we can agree that Eberflus is absolutely um, a positive influence thus far on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. but I think that it. Eberflus running the defense holistically also clearly has been affected, especially when you look at, I don't know, something like clock management issues. Yeah. You know, that yeah. seemed to creep up. That the was, yeah, that was not, yeah. And, you know, rear its ugly head, especially in this one, a little more. Uh, yeah, obvious, very, right? yeah, very obvious in this one. Um, so that's right. I think that. And I don't necessarily think it's so much because he didn't know the right thing to do as much as like, I think he just wasn't, wasn't, wasn't locked in offensively. Right. Maybe. Like yeah. something was m- missing and it, you can tell that he knew he was like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So, yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's not, especially at the NFL level. I mean, it's gotta be hard to manage, especially when you're doing full play calling on defense and keep all those, you know, and still keep your mind like okay what offensively where are we at right now well, blah, blah. What you're probably thinking of the next coordinator move, do when know? the offense is on the field yeah. you're over there talking to your guys and planning for the next yeah yeah the next stop and the next you know you're, <laughs> yeah. you're hitting it if someone if someone missed a coverage you're over there like talking hey, up d- yeah. and, and like not just giving them a pointer but like saying hey new downs new downs new yeah downs. you know like you're that's part of your job is to be over there and be the leader of that team and, of, of the defense and like well it's hard to like keep your head fully invested on both sides of the ball if you're supposed to be in charge of the defense but then also like 
the one on the sideline, like calling timeouts. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, helping with clock management and shit like that. It's, yeah. Um, so I think that in those situations, they maybe need a better game plan mm-hmm. as far as not, not game plan, like the actual game itself, but more like the approach. Hey, his assistant is who's going to be over there. Like, this is my right hand man. When it comes down to the two minute time, like, you know, or even four minute time, whatever, like as we're getting towards the end of halves, especially. I need to be locked in with what's going on on the field. This guy's going to be over here with you, you know, like mm. his word is my word. Simple as yeah, that. Yeah, something you know, like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the defense has had enough of that upward swing that I hope that you they can would take be your hands off a little bit as yeah. well, you know, and be like, oh no, we got it. We got you. We absolutely. We know what you want. We know what you, you know, what you would tell us. Yeah. So, yep. um, and not have anyone be like, fuck you. You're not. The, you yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we have enough veterans on defense too that I think you, you should be able to take your hands off. So I'm, a little I'm hoping bit that that changes the end of the half, yeah. moving forward. Yeah, uh, so that we can continue to see that that positive progression without it affecting the other side of the ball. Yeah, because I mean, clock way. management is one of those little details that you just don't want to see your team fucking up. Like it's one of those easy little things that you know you should, and especially this past game, like that whole situation was one that was very obvious where the decisions should have been made there. So. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on the game? All in all, again, I think it, it was it was well. It was uh, what was what was the phrase that Eberflus said? It was a uh, complimentary football. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was balanced. It was controlling the clock with the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, efficient handling of the ball. Efficient ball handling, like your mom. Um, <laughs> And Yikes. and then on the defensive side, stopping the run, um, limiting lanes. You know, it, it was it was good. All in all, it was just it was good. I think again, yes, you are going up against one of the worst teams out there right now. Um, but not. We also were the fucking Chicago Bears. So, yeah, you know, like, we are among that. <laughs> we're among those. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Took care of business, and you love to see it. All right, and with that, we move on into the NFC North vibe check with Isaac Turgeon. How you feeling, Isaac? Not great. In shambles? Um, just you know, <laughs> the stages of grief. It's yeah. I'm where ex- are you at right I'm now? Ex- acceptance. Acceptance. Is there yeah, anything after that? What comes after that? That's it. That's it. That's the last one. We are. (laughs) No, then you start it over again. That's what's called a cycle. (laughs) Uh, We have to talk. You want to? We have to talk this Packers fan through what it's actually like. You You think that's the end? You think you're? Yeah. This level. Yeah. There are nine levels of hell, bro. (laughs) You you got plenty of ways to work out. You want to start with the uh, with the kick in the balls, or you want to go with the. I'll start with the Vikings game because they just sealed the game. Cool. The, against the Niners, um, Vikings just won? Yeah, Vikings just got an interception. Wow. Motherfuck. That's, uh, did the not Vikings think won. it was going to go that way. No, I did not. It is crazy because they finally won the turnover battle, which is what we've been saying all year. They're killing themselves with turnovers. And then you see what happens. They create turnovers rather than... Give them away. They force turnovers rather than rather than making the turnovers, and well, that's where they've been weak. Their defense has not been good. So, 
Very true. I mean, it's their defense has been serviceable for the personnel, but the personnel can only take them so far. Mm. Um, Kirk Cousins was pretty surgical. He was nine of twelve for one hundred and thirty-three and two touchdowns on third down all night. So he was just kind of picking apart the Niners defense, which is crazy. Mm. Um, it's supposed to be a top-level defense. I mean, they are, but they've just been not playing up to par tonight. But that's about it. I haven't. I didn't I watch think the last two uh, games. Have been a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think. I don't think their Browns game was that bad. I think it was more so their offense couldn't generate anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with the injuries and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Vikings win. Uh, look solid pretty surprising no one really called that yeah um, um i can't really go into depth because i, didn't I mean it just happened yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that the niners for sure were going to bounce back this week like that's i mean that's what, what you was... would expect from them the way yeah. they've been playing but um, uh is, what's his name jefferson back yet for the vikings or nope no 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 ir's at a minimum of four weeks so okay. he's only been on for two yeah but yeah, the story of the night was the Vikings defense. I mean, just creating turnovers and holding the Niners uh, offense. Good for them. So yeah. it looks like the Bears will not be the only team in the NFC North with a win this week. No. God damn, Omar. Just want to shit on people? Just like... No, I just, it was looking like I thought that was going <laughs> to... What do you mean? <laughs> no, no, I was okay. excited for people that to happen. Listening. People are listening. They're not seeing. I saw the look in your eyes when you said that. I, was like, just... I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know if Isaac was looking at the screen, but I was like, it felt like you were legit staring him down. Oh, like, no, no, I was not. Know, <laughs> I wasn't like, trying to. No. The only team in the NFC North with a win. <laughs> no, I was. It was looking like it, it might it might happen, especially because, like we were saying, no one called the Vikings win in this game. Everyone yeah. thought the the Niners were going to bounce back. So, I was. I thought it would have been cool for the Bears to be, you know. But what's that's up right. with the Vikings at now? Can, uh, three, three, and three wins for them. Three and four. Hey, they avoided their them. first zero uh, and uh, four start at home. They've never had one of those in franchise history. They were on the verge of that coming in with with the Niners. I thought for sure the Niners had what it would take to hand them that. So, yeah, um, that's good. I mean, hey, good on them. Yeah. I mean, they got they're going to be in Lambeau next week. So should be an easy one for them. (laughs) Should be 500 in no time. You want to. Speaking of Lambo, you want to get into it? Or you want to hit the Ravens and Lions I'll first? Hit the Ravens Lions. Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, let's go into that. That was, that was a pretty a, interesting game. That was from, very interesting. From, he's in the avoidance stage, not the yeah. He stage, said he. Right? <laughs> so the Lions defense, we've been praising for a while that they've been good as hell, um, and they just Hutchinson especially. Yeah, they just fell flat on their ass. Um, the Ravens made them look like dog shit, just total they shit. They look, yeah. Well, that defensive execution was terrible. I mean, the linebackers looked like their feet were in mud the entire time. They didn't know what to do because they were just – they didn't know to watch out for the run game or Lamar scrambling or Mark Andrews or Jay Flowers, Odell. They didn't know what the fuck to do. They looked lost. <laughs> they just were lost. And, I mean, by the time they even started moving was when the ball was already out because they mm. didn't know – they w- didn't know what to expect. It kind of looked mm. like they just had no clue who they were. Two they seconds behind. Yeah. It reminded me very much of the Bears playing the Vikings the week before. 
of like our offense trying to read their defense where like our offense was like i don't fucking know what's, what's about happening happen. yeah <laughs> like, there's no reading there's only the waiting to see what happens right the only yeah. person that uh, didn't know what was going to happen was getsy <laughs> true yeah <Very> <laughs> Yeah, Lamar Jackson was 21 for 27 for 357 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I he started him, so that was, a, that was a good day on fantasy off, for me. Dude, <laughs> I was watching the 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 recap, and he just – it was awesome to watch. It was so cool. I don't know. That's my one issue with Lamar Jackson. This was like peak Lamar, but his his ceiling is so high, his floor is so fucking low. Is like, it? Yeah. When he does not perform. It's like – Eight points on fantasy. Hey, I'm like, Fuck you. <laughs> what are you out there doing, boy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this was. Uh, I was. I was honestly surprised. I did not think it was going to be. No, I, I picked, thought it I was going to be Lions. closer. Yeah, I took the Lions more out of like this would be interesting. This would be fun to see the Lions like truly face a top top tier an elite team. Uh, team, yeah. because we've been talking about that right about. Like does Goff Goff suddenly looks like an elite quarterback? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we're talking about like them making that, that step. Company yeah. Like, okay, fine. Let's put him up against a top five defense mm. and a, a top five offense, and see what happens. You know, and and and, and not much happened. And this is not what, much yeah. Isaac, do you think that that had much to do? Was that more on the personnel, or was that on the the game plan itself? Do you think that they just got out coached? No, I think it was personnel. I mean, the Lions like to attack the middle of the field. That's their game. I mean, mm -hmm. their game is making their playmakers make plays. I mean, that's the whole thing is the yak and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Getting them on raw in open space and their playmakers in open space and create. And the middle of the field just so happens to be where the Ravens are elite with Roquan and um, Kyle Hamilton and uh, Patrick Queen who's having an amazing year so far. And they just... Well, the defense get, is fucking stacked. Man. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, they made Goff you see, uncomfortable uh, right away. Yeah. Did you see Amon Ra get, like, fucking flipped when he flipped was trying to block? Trying yeah, to he was trying to block, him. and the guy just fucking sent him for a ride. <laughs> that was crazy. Was, Amon Ra had... He was 13 of 19 for 102 yards. No yeah, he had a decent game, but I think it was most garbage time. The first mm -hmm. half, they got nothing. I mean, the Goff got – he had no time. I mean, the Ravens' D-line were just throwing a bunch of stunts at the O-line, and they just had no answer. I mean, they kept doing these, like, TT stunts where the defensive tackle, like, attacks the center with the nose tackle, and they just didn't know what the fuck to do. I mean, that that's what killed the first Lions drive. And they just couldn't – they couldn't get a first down at all. I mean, before they got their first, their initial first down, it was 21 to zero. Like that's wild. That's you tough. Can't, you can't take yourself out of that. No. I mean, you can, but it's very hard. <laughs> not against that, not against that defense and the offense clicking the way it was. Yeah. <clears throat> the Lions defense has been able to create a lot of pressure. And like you said last week when they played Mayfield, Mayfield looked lost on the you know mm -hmm. on the side but then they go against an elite quarterback like lamar, lamar with the poise that lamar has he doesn't get rattled mm. so with the pressure in his face he did not care watching him I and mean, watching the o-line was really impressive um 
They held up so well. They held up so well. Yeah, like it was a la- it was elastic. It was like watching a rubber band, and it was like I was you'd get so close to Jackson, and it was like oh, it looks like someone's gonna break through there, but they just never did. And even then, they may would maybe like bump up against Lamar or get close to getting him, but before they could really even touch him, it was like he knew, and then he would, the ball would just zip out. He'd just get rid of it and you know make a huge fucking like pass. <laughs> like it was, it was insane to watch. It, that was crazy to me. I don't know. He was just super slippery on a master in the class. pocket. Yeah. That one Aguilar touchdown where he's just spinning and then finally gets out and is just sitting there waiting, waiting. Knows people are running at him. Yeah. Sees Aguilar get open and just, talk, just throws a dime. He, it was uh, so cool to watch. <laughs> you just can't shake quarterbacks like that. And no. I think I think they've been striving on being able to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. Um, but you just can't do that to Lamar. He doesn't he doesn't really get phased. Doesn't he's blink. probably the most like cool collected quarterback there is in the league. He, absolutely absolutely top like top three in that for sure yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i know they were talking Um, about too about he's been doing a better job too of like with the scrambles uh keeping his eyes downfield um yeah yeah not 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 just taking which is something i think that fields fails at Mm -hmm. right now is that he when he goes to pull the ball a he keeps his eyes downfield too long before he decides before to he's gone he's doing yeah to he's the got point it all that, mixed you know what up I mean? and yeah. it's kind of like you kind of have to do those simultaneously yeah you know, it's yeah. okay to scramble but keep the eyes downfield so yeah. yeah no you can definitely see that growth in in lamar here um the last season and a half now i think yeah um especially but yeah it's this and honestly from a raven's perspective i got to say i think like it's good to i think this was a good test for them because the the lines were fucking hot yeah the lines were coming yeah. in they were they had something to prove and you know, the Ravens, I think, have – they've had some great games, but they've also had some ones that, like – That they dropped the wanting, ball, yeah. You know, where you're like, you were clearly the better team and did not perform as well as you should have. Yeah. So for them to, like, go up against – I'm going to say it, that the Lions' defense is still – they're not easy, right? They're still a top – a top like, a, I'll say a top 10 defense, but um, – I think that was a good experience for both sides of the ball, right? For, for for both teams. I'm going to be. I'm very interested to see both of these, like towards the end of the season, where they where they end up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see the Lions collapsing after this. Um, no, no. And and I also don't see the Ravens taking a step back. If anything, I think the Ravens are starting to sort of pick up steam at the right time. You know. Yeah. Um, but they also need to quell that a bit and make sure that they keep that consistent throughout the season and don't hit their peak too soon, to where then they go in and get like ousted in the, yeah, the playoffs, yeah, you know by all, yeah. <laughs> the ravens biggest issue is getting in their own way mm-hmm. they Absolutely. have the makings of an elite team a super bowl contender and they easily can be if they play anywhere near what they did on sunday but they just fail to execute sometimes and that's usually lies on their offense their defense has been consistently great even mm-hmm. ever since they quit, traded for uh, roquan pretty much what <laughs> shocker imagine that yeah you mean they had like a specific need they went out and got uh, it and, and that's crazy like, yeah. okay but i don't even know if oh. roquan's been the best linebacker on that team so far i think patrick no, Queen no, no. has just been having an insane year this year i don't think it was necessarily brought in to be the best linebacker i think he was brought in to fit their scheme in order to make them holistically as a defense the best yeah. you yeah. know what i mean like well, even his skill set was necessary in order to elevate the others around yeah. him to that that next point so yeah. but i think that even if he's not a the testament best, to gonna, him being great though. he's gonna elevate. oh absolutely it's yeah. the effect that he's got and the fact that he can come in yeah no it's I mean, and he's a leader. Shout out to him. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, we enjoyed him 
in Chicago and miss him not being there. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> it's too bad. It didn't work out. Um, the Goff and Jameis Williams connection is still struggling, not hidden. I don't know. I don't know if it's been Jameis Williams, Jameson Williams, uh, you know, not being on the field as much, but he was 0 of 6 when targeting him, which if they can hit a stride together, that's going to, you know, upgrade the offense quite a bit to have that elite deep threat like that. For sure. Um, But to wrap it up, I'm not really worried about the Lions in the short term. I mean, they're still comfortably up top, you know, the NFC North. Um, Lots of teams don't have the personnel to exploit them like Baltimore did. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. The only teams that do have the talent to exploit them are the teams they're going to have to face late in the season to contend, like the you know San Francisco and mm-hmm. Philadelphia. But until then, those I were the only two fine. that came to mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going through it, and I was like, so I was yeah. like, okay. but yeah, teams don't. Most teams don't have the personnel to exploit the Lions like this, and um, I think they'll be just fine. I think it's just a bad game, and they didn't have Monty, so. Yeah, I think not that, was... that Monty would have fucking won on the game. Yeah, but it, it's a level to the offense that is crucial. Yeah, something else. Yeah, you ready? Um, yeah. So my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, take your time. We had <laughs> we had a bye week before this, right? We mm-hmm. had. 13 days to scheme up an offensive game plan for the worst, statistically the worst defense in the entire league. And we got zero points in the first half. And 100 yards of offense on a team that is averaging 440 to be allowed on the defensive side. Hey, and just out of curiosity, if you pulled out the Miami game, what is that? What is that? <laughs> I don't give a shit because that, that, is still, <laughs> that is still yardage that they allowed, that they just let go past them. They just let happen. That's, that's true. That is true. Yeah. So uh, Packers, weeks. they didn't get into the red zone until the third quarter. I saw. <laughs> I mean, they Which spent two nuts. weeks self-scouting and made zero adjustments or changes. They There's obviously issues on the offensive line. Our left side, our left tackle has been a question mark ever since Bakhtiari went out. They're not taking care of it. They still put in Rashid Walker, and he was just a revolving door all game. It's really ugly to watch at this point because there's no identity on offense at all. They don't know what the fuck they want to do. 20 of Jordan Love's 31 passes were under five yards. This guy is in his fourth year. Like, let him fucking sling it at least. And not with the game on the line. Let him sling it. Under five yards? Jeez, dude. 20 passes under five yards. That is... I didn't realize that. Expect those numbers. I was going to say, you expect that that from (laughs) Bajan. That's exactly what I I'm literally just now looking at the stats, and I'm like, I I have next gen stats up, and I'm like, comparing the two. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> and I'm tired of people like putting it on youth. Like that's such a lazy excuse at this point. It's obviously like a coaching issue. A hundred percent a coaching issue. What when the you fuck? look at we we talked about that earlier in the season, right? You like you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, look at what they did last year with the second Super youngest young, squad in the NFL. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, don't tell me youth, youth, at youth key, can't be the only thing. At key positions too, like youth at like, you know, receivers and stuff. Like 
So uh, yeah, no, you're yeah. absolutely right. We, they can't, they can't use that. I, I feel for you, man. There's no consistency with like anything or anyone. I mean, finding a play where all 11 do their job and fulfill their assignment is such a rarity. Like they're all just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Even the veterans on the line just are just letting up stupid shit. There's, uh, it does seem there's, there's one consistency, like from watching it, it seems like Jordan Love really just consistently fucking slings that thing. <laughs> like he really is just like, <laughs> like well, I think he tries to go in hero mode. He just I mean, tries to send it. Like it's, it's crazy. His longest pass in the first half, I think was like three air yards. Like he's like, what the fuck? Like I have an arm, let me throw it. And he's just, then he tries to take his chance and then he's just not ready for it. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't choose the right times to use his arm, to utilize his mm-hmm. arm. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that's a hundred percent on him. I think, no, the, I think the, the coach is not putting just, him in the position to, yeah, it's failing. They're probably it's telling so him like bad. fucking send it on this play where we have to score or like, I mean the, the interception you had that was on the third, you know, third and twenty. That they're like, okay, yeah, now you can just fucking set. Yeah, like, like at the end of the game, like when you need to like get a first down, let alone score, you need to keep the drive alive. That's when they're being like, okay, go ahead and just send it now instead of like you know building up that confidence earlier or doing it in situations where he actually has a chance to you know succeed. It's been yeah, it's hard to watch. I mean, AJ Dillon was the lone bright spot. I mean, he led the team in receiving and rushing yards, which. Receiving yards wasn't hard to fucking lead the team in. Uh, we finally took a lead late, but the soft shell defense just allowed the Broncos to march down and take the lead right back. And we just couldn't, we weren't able to cut it at the end. Yeah, I Russell think, Wilson continues, I think, to, uh, I mean, just do his job, just do his job, kind of. <laughs> like, he, yeah. Like, I mean, he just yeah. continues to, like, <laughs> again, I'll say it. Like, he's, Certainly not that elite level quarterback he will, he is, but he has been. Dude. He was for a good chunk of his career, so like he still has it in him to win a game. And every you week know? he so just like, proves you more and more right. It's honestly exactly. like yeah. no, great call on not, your part, dude, because it's it's nuts to watch. <laughs> like they've already made that. They've already openly basically said that like he's not going to be the starter next year. Oh yeah, really? Like really? Oh yeah. Like there's there are reports coming out. Whoa. That, like, they're they're ready to move on. Yeah, you know? and, that's and, gonna cost him though, huh? Like um, pretty bad to the. But like at that point, you know, it's it's also like he's still like he's still out producing. Yeah, you know, a good chunk of people. So, um, I'd yeah. forgotten for a bit that he. You remember when he almost came to the Bears? Mm-hmm. And I was excited about it. <laughs> like, I think he would have dodged he a bullet sued, there. <laughs> dodged a bullet. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's, you mean, never know. But at, yeah. at, at the time, though, I mean, he, at, at the, the time, time it was I think he actually would have suited the Bears' offensive style. Yeah, yeah. And like having that, he would have bought us time. And like having a veteran, a truly like, and not just a veteran, an elite veteran, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. The for, former elite veteran. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who knows what that you know to take it to that what it takes i think that moves would have been completely different i don't think we would have gotten rid of near as many people yeah (laughs) as we did because we would have been like it wouldn't have been a full tear down and rebuild we have like yeah so yeah was that was that around the time that we were the same time that we ended up with like dalton and then fields or was that before that or i just i just can't remember at the same time i think yeah if i remember right okay i think yeah because i kind of remember it being that same year but i'm not 100 percent Jordan Love, I think, is being put in a super shitty situation. Um, he was groomed by a guy for four years who did these 
high level parts of the game consistently with success, but he had vet wide receivers to help him along. I mean, you see the fucking wide receiver group he had when he took over. He had Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, I mean, Jermichael Finley, Jordy Nelson. Like, he had these people who knew how to make, who had high football IQ. That's the one thing mm-hmm. that the Packers always had in their receiving core was people that knew how to manipulate defenses, how to adjust their routes accordingly, and knew what was going on. And so now Since Jordan, the mid nineties, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like that has been a consistency in that wide receiver core, like regardless of what generation you're in. Mm. And so Jordan love is trying to, you know, emulate these things he learned, but he's got these super young wide receivers that have no experience of doing that and just don't know, are just going by the book and don't know how to manipulate defenses or manipulate coverages and stuff like that, or adjust routes or, you know, try and draw a PI or anything like that. Like they don't, they don't have that experience. So Jordan Love is trying to recreate these Aaron Rodgers type things with these young receivers. And it's just failing. It's not going to um, work. <laughs> but I mean, he also has his backup against the wall from the jump. I mean, conservative play calling in the first half is leading to a dead last 32nd rank in the NFL at 4.3 points per game in the first half. I don't get how you're supposed to develop a quarterback who is just fighting from behind every fucking game. I mean, let alone win a game if you're not, you yeah. know, like that's it, they're really, really relying on their games against the bears this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or, man. you know, Jordan loves to pull a comeback out of his ass. Like by himself, like single handedly too. Cause I mean, yeah. like you're saying, it's not like he has a lot of options to go to, to get a lot of help, you know? <laughs> I mean, he just has these young receivers. I think that's – I was a big um, supporter of having a young receiving core, but there's no number one. Nobody's emerging as the number one. It's a bunch of number twos trying to, you know, fight for targets. And that's, you know, that's what he's working with right now. And I think we're we're lacking a true number one right now because I think – I think Love needs a safety blanket right now. I think he needs someone to look at if his reads fail, this guy's going to have my back. I'm just going to throw it his way and yeah. see if he can make a play at least. Yeah. And we just don't you, have that. I mean, looking like looking like us like the Bears last year, but if Justin Fields didn't have legs, like Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's Cuz that was I mean, Fields didn't have I mean, you know, he didn't have that true number one. And I mean, you could argue that maybe he did, he did have one or two solid guys that he could go to, but I feel like his solid go-to receiver or like, at least like compar- like comparably was like, I can run this fucking ball and get like, get out. like that was yeah. what he went to. He didn't go to receiver, but he could consistently go and like re- rely on his ability to run the ball and, and, uh, and make something out of nothing in that way. hundred percent. And I just, but Jordan it's... Love doesn't have either. He doesn't have the receiver or the, you know, the receivers or the legs. He has decent legs, but not to Justin Fields' extent. No, I mean, he, yeah, yeah. he can, he can yeah. extend a play, but not sure. to not to keep them in the game with his just just his legs like that. Yeah, Justin's um, legs. What? What? Oh, you said just. You said just his legs. I I thought you said Justin's. Legs. Oh. Like, you can't just go steal the man's <laughs> legs. It's like, not a. It's not fair, <laughs> Isaac. You can't just do that. <laughs> Technology is not there yet, right? Mm. Of course, if anyone wants to do it first, it would be the NFL. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. 
but yeah, I've just I've accepted that this is the team. Um, I don't I'm not expecting any changes as much as you know I hope they do. The only thing the only way we can get right is if we start you know executing better, I guess. But like I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> um, this is who we are. What's at this uh, point. What's the talk on Matt Lafleur? Um, his job is safe. Really? There's no no rumblings of firings or anything like that. Yeah. But, I mean, the fans are starting to get... Antsy. The fans are starting (laughs) to get restless with him because of these terrible offensive games. Hmm. Um, But the Packers are like the Bears. They're not going to make... I guess I can't say that. They did fire McCarthy in the middle of the year. I don't know what the fuck to expect, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. I... I would like to see changes in the offseason if nothing fixes, um, but I'm not expecting them. Yeah. Because we have consistency, which bites us in the ass sometimes. We trust people too much for too long, and we don't know when to cut it off. And it's it's created problems, and I think it's creating problems right now. It's like being in an abusive relationship. 100%. <laughs> Um, I can change him. The Packers are now like a get right opponent on the schedule. Um, and yeah, that's. Welcome that's to the boat. At. Yeah. That's, that's where they're at. Yeah. I, wow. We are the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see if we can't scheme up, if we can't win against the Broncos, who are we going to win against? That's what I'm. You know, Raiders, we asked the same the Raiders. question. <laughs> Raiders oh, and the Commanders. Tell you. The Commanders and the Raiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we lost to the Raiders, so. True. Oh, no, that was a Garoppolo-led Raiders, Raiders, right? Yes. Not that that's like a ton better. No, but that's it's better, better than Hoyer. Than Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Garoppolo is 4-1 and one against Green Bay, so. Um, so if, if you want to, if you were interested on the Russell Wilson to Chicago trade, here's what ended up happening. Uh, initially rumors were that the bears offered three first round picks, three, a third round pick and two starters for Wilson pace was able to negotiate that down to, uh, hang on just one second. Damn, They wanted a lot for him. Oh, they wanted, they wanted more. Um, he was able to negotiate that down. Hang on. That was what he negotiated down to, or that's what they. No, no, oh. he. That's what it started out as. Yeah, it, he was able to negotiate it down to, um, but he was able to get it down to a twenty twenty round, twenty twenty one first round, twenty twenty two first round, and a twenty twenty two third round. So, down from three first rounds and a third round and two starters Fucking down to hell. just two first rounds, yeah. a third round, and that's it. Yeah. Um, the thing is. So uh, Wilson had put out a statement on like the four teams that he would be interested in. And the bears was one of them. The other three teams showed like basically like the interest that they showed was so little that it was like, okay, well the bears are the only option. Yeah. Um, conversations were had with everybody, everybody, everybody signed off on it. The hurdles were all cleared. It was Wilson signed off. Schneider signed off. The ownership signed off. The last hurdle was Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll had, being 70 years old had veto power on all roster decisions. And he said, no, because I don't want to do a rebuild basically. <laughs> like, Whoa. 
And so that is why we did not get Russell Wilson that year, um, which landed us with Andy Dalton. Yeah. Three-time Pro Bowl, 10-year veteran Andy Dalton, right? But again, Andy Dalton from back when he was in the Bengals was halfway decent above average. Mm -hmm. But when he... Yeah, when he came to us, yeah. I mean, he was at the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, And and I think everyone was ready for it too, you know? Legendary backup. (laughs) <laughs> legendary super bowl leading when, back yeah. up nick Foles. yeah know? so it's uh um two veterans but neither of them were going to be the franchise quarterback yeah right well yeah and so at that point then pace was left with so first off i just want to shout out to pace for that was halfway decent negotiating yeah no that's great was, so I, <laughs> yeah yeah I was, I was like okay good for you dude like that's actually solid um and then the next so the big swing for him was was going to be uh, the when Justin Fields fell out of the top ten, and so he traded up to number eleven to go and get him. Um, but then, you know that that was his big swing because yeah. the Russell Wilson thing fell didn't through. work out. Um, but then that came out too. Then we we saw what happened after that, right? Yeah. The mishandling of a rookie, mm-hmm. um, showing like Nagy and sort of where his weaknesses were yeah. as a coach. Um, and then Pace's roster construction overall was not great. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, so then they were in the hot seat and then, yeah, I don't even new ones in. So, yeah. And I don't even know if I want to say like, shout out or thank you, Pete Carroll. Cause I just, I mean, who's to say how, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That might've might been have, better. Yeah. It might've been know, better. Like or Wilson would not have sort of had this downturn that he's had while he's been in Denver. Yeah. So. Maybe Nagy would still be here. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Just know. crazy. Pace, Pace I just think that's a crazy. Probably would, would have still been around at least for another year. Yeah. So I just think that when I, I had forgotten about it, I think until a couple of weeks ago, actually, I think until we went against the Broncos and I forgot to bring it up while we were, uh, talking about it on the pod, but yeah. And then I remembered, I was like, Oh my God, like what? That's like a crazy. What if to me is like, what if, uh, Russell Wilson had come to the Bears. I just think things would have been so much different for the Bears organization. Russell Wilson has 13 touchdowns this season and three, uh, four interceptions. He's, he's having a fucking. He's, year, yeah, he's taking like, care of business. <laughs> like, forget what the record is. Like, from his perspective, like he's he's doing his job. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think he so he kind of has to battle keeping him in games and. Yeah, he's having a battle. I think part of why he's. Uh, not getting as much credit or whatever. It's just he's just having a battle from what happened last year, you know. Because I just think he looked oh, so poor last year. Um, but I mean, he's he's taking care of it this year. So I so have far. something Any... interesting. Oh, that please. I to... So I went while you guys were talking. I went to Tyson Badgett scouting reports. Fuck yes! <laughs> I want to hear that. I this is on Weak my to do list for this week. I have not looked it up yet. No, you trying it's... to see why they pulled him out for his? Okay. No, I've seen nothing about his arm strength. Mm. Other than just praising it. Yeah. So, live arm and can throw with velocity to all levels of the field. Badgent will be a, proj- a project, but he should be a fun one with his natural ability as a passer. The first thing that pops on film is his live arm. He has great pop off the hand from all angles and platforms. He's a loose and fluid thrower who tried to manipulate the pocket in defensive backs with his pocket movement. He's a tough kid in the pocket, fearless of QB hits and will complete throws. He has the arm strength and size to play at the next level. Quick, efficient release, capable of smooth rhythmic footwork in pocket, poised and confident making intermediate throws, plays with good feel for route concepts, and he's going to be facing a notable development curve as a D2 quarterback. So those are all the like hmm. major ones that I took that, w- that were kind of interesting to me. Yeah. 
That was from the Draft Network and the NFL Scouting. So well, I don't see any so why, arm strength. Yeah, issues. why are they uh, worried about his arm? <laughs> That's crazy. I feel like I, I'm going to go back to what I said about like the mental side. I think they were like, I mean, we don't give a shit what Peter. Oh, they didn't feels, want to knock his know, confidence. Like, let's, let's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like, you know, so now, granted, you could argue the other side of yeah, but if you don't let him take that shot, wouldn't that also? You're, have yeah, an you're effect? also kind of hurting his confidence. Like, yeah. On on the flip side, it's like, nah, just don't put him under that stress. Maybe sure. he hasn't. Maybe he hasn't. You, you know, when you're a starter, you you have certain like routines that you go through with the practices and such, and even even the backups will do some of those, but it's not usually to the extent that the starters do. Mm-hmm. So. Um, maybe it's more of a, there's no, no reason for him to take that shot downfield. Like yeah. from advantage, we need to keep his arm healthy. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. probably gonna need him for more than one game. So I saw an opinion that said maybe they didn't want him to get, you know, be susceptible to injury out there, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that has, cause I mean, I get, I mean, I don't know how much more susceptible you would have been on that play than any other one. Yeah. Other than just trying to buy time and yeah. you know, move out of the pocket. Sure. I think that right there is where he would become the most susceptible, right? Is buying it with the time and someone taking a fucking shot on him. Because, yeah, that football's a dirty sport. They would probably try and do that shit too. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I just thought that was uh, interesting, his little scouting yeah. uh, tidbits. All right. I think that uh, wraps up the NFC North vibe check, unless you guys got anything else you want to hit on. Nope. Cool. Uh, all right. I think we can move now into the week eight preview. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that it's week eight already. It's going to be the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Chargers. And I believe we are at Los Angeles, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you expecting from this game, Stein? I think it's going to be a closer game than people might anticipate. I'm very surprised to have seen that the Bears were nine point underdogs. You expected to do uh, more? I, or? No, I expected far less, mm. uh, considering, again, looking at the defensive side of the ball and what we've been able to string together mm. over the last few games. Um, the offensive side of the ball, obviously we've had our struggles, but, um, you know, you look, and we have not strung together three consistent games yet on the offensive side. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, win or loss doesn't matter. Looking at, you know, we had the two back-to-back with fields. One was a loss, one was a win. Um, and, and just could not execute that third one last week where it seems like we didn't have a fucking scheme ready, uh, against the Vikings. So, um, but even with that, the chargers are struggling. Their defense is not great. In fact, it's, it's one of the worst against the run and the bears have shown that they've got running a good is running strength. Game. Yeah. So if we can establish that, I think that would help. Is this Khalil Mack's first homecoming to play it, Chicago? Well, it wouldn't be a homecoming because they're in Los Angeles. Well, I guess homecoming. I mean, but like first, playing like yeah, Chicago. playing it against, is, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, um, six yeah, sacks, three force fumbles. Yeah, I'm scared. Well, I don't I'm know scared. if there's. I don't know if there's that. You know, like he had a. I don't think there's. Yeah. Towards yeah. towards Oakland for yeah. for a reason. Yeah. I don't think he has that same. No. With the Bears. I think that 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 separation was a little more amicable. Um, yeah. So. Um, but there's who all is left that he played with, like consistently. You know what I mean? Like, I, like we on the we've defense? had a rebuild. Since yeah. We've had, yeah, yeah. So, um, hell, even on the offensive side, as far as like who he's going to be facing up against, yeah, like, regularly. So, I mean, the wide receivers are all pretty much different. Who commit? Okay. 
<laughs> he will be going over the middle, I guess. So yeah. I mean, you know, well, not like lined up on them, but you know, <laughs> just a familiar uh, face that he'll be seeing on the. On the yeah. Podcast. So no, I don't think there's going to be as much of that. Like I need, I need to give it to him. Now, granted, he has that I need to give it to him mentality anyway. All the time. But there's like an extra them. level when it comes to Oakland. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I personally, if this comes down to a lot, that last week I think that I left it on, you know, I said, fuck it. I'm going to call it Bears Take It, you know, and then it's going to take, you know, oh, Getsy's a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to jump on the page and wagon. Yeah. I'm going to call it again here. I think the Bears Take It. I think it's going to be closer. Um, uh, I, I don't think they're running away with it by any means. Uh, but I think if they show it consistent, let's see, and we we lean into what we're good at, get the fucking run game established. Don't make any changes on the front line. God damn it. Don't do it. <laughs> like, it works. It yeah. worked. Keep doing Everyone's it. Everyone's happy. Um, <laughs> And except for I think uh, uh make a change there's I saw there's one guy that I think like the left tackle or something, I forget his name, did not have a good game last week, but uh and that's um, a ten. So uh Larry Borum. Uh, yeah, he yeah. he was having a really poor game. Well, we've got people are coming off the IR this coming week too. So, so yeah, I mean Yeah, that's the we'll only see. change. Make that change, make that one. We'll <laughs> but see. yeah. Um, we'll see how they switch like, it around. But as far as the scheme is concerned, keep the same game. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Ground and pound with nice, quick passes to spread the field a little bit. Um, Give Bajan room to breathe. A little more, a little more breathing room yeah. uh, with the run game as well, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that automatically is going to help. At least let's let's continue getting. I would expect Deontay Foreman to still be out there um, because you know Russian Johnson, if he can come back, we still need a, a, that two back. That, yeah, like he, and, and so for me. It's more like don't rush it then. Like Deontay Foreman's out there doing the fucking. Yeah, work. he's showing that as long he can, as he's healthy. Yeah. Like because I know that there were some like concerns about like a minor injury or something following yesterday. So, oh. um, but like being able to let's keep him out there. There's no rush. Yeah. Be fucking smart about this. You know. Um, yeah. If they can take the time, if they have the time, and I mean Roshan or not Roshan. Um, yeah. Deontay Foreman yeah. has shown that he's t- he can take care of business, and I think he's that he can give us the time to bridge back, you know, to yeah. Roshan Johnson, Absolutely. and then eventually Cleo Herbert. So, like you're saying, just don't you don't have to rush. And it. even <laughs> then, though, I don't think that I don't think that he should be like forgotten. No, you know, not I at think all. He needs yeah. to, he's earned a right to be included in the game. Yeah, plan, you know, to this point, and shown like, oh fuck you. I think <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? So yeah, I mean, three TDs, two rushing, one one receiving. Like, yes, yeah, that's you can absolutely be productive. Um, it will be interesting to uh, see if we can utilize Komet a little bit more against them. Yeah. Um, that would be fun. Uh, oh. It always bums me out a little bit whenever uh, Komet and Mooney don't get anything. <laughs> Makes me a little sad. Yeah. I just saw I just saw Isaac's note about the oh, I missed- <laughs> short to intermediate passes like while I was saying that about Komet. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> so, so it's like, I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what I was getting yeah. at. So now I will say again, the Bears are nine point underdogs on the road in LA, but the Chargers, their offense is lacking lately. Mm-hmm. Like they're very lackluster. I Herbert's would take struggling. that. I you would take, take that cover. You would take the Bears to cover. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I, I I would too. Like the Chargers have not been winning convincingly. No, not at all. And like they have been, and that's what I mean. I think that the Chargers and the fans are definitely looking their chops at at like, oh, the Bears. 
we fit in that same boat. We just made that joke about like, we're, we're, we're a get right game. You know, uh, I think people see us as a get right game, but ultimately when you actually go through and look at like our games, there's only been one where it was like very clearly we were not going to win. And that was against Kansas City. All the others, (laughs) like we've had true opportunity right now. The Green Bay game got out of hand, but it wasn't like that the entire game, you know? And so it's like, we have opportunity. That's, yeah, that's a great uh, I, opportunity is a great way to put it. The true opportunity. So, so for me, I, I, I'm, I would absolutely take the Bears to cover. I take the Bears to win. So that's that. That's where I'm at. For a non-betting man, um, what does that mean? Uh, take the cover. So, so I'm the non-betting man. Okay. I don't know. The, what that basically, means. what Vegas <laughs> is saying is that the Chargers are going to win by nine points. Oh, okay, okay. By at least nine points. Mm-hmm. So when you when you betting us that based on like how much you put on that, like determines how much you get back if the bears if even if the bears were to lose but to cover that that nine point spread mm-hmm. right okay so you're saying that the bears they might lose but they're not going to lose by, by nine point. they'll lose by okay i got you yeah wow interesting so i'm taking the bears to win it yeah so just flat out both uh, their wins have been by four points and seven points so the yeah, chargers so to me and who was it against? i just yeah vikings raiders yeah i wanted to dig into because <laughs> yeah i just felt like it was yeah i don't know i felt like it was uh it's kind of falling flat now this thought but i just felt i was looking at the schedule and initially i was just like it's just kind of weird like because i felt like i mean yeah i was close with the vikings which i mean the vikings have shown that they're not as good but i was like but they're still talented and then like with the raiders it was close like they won but it was close and i was like the raiders have shown themselves to be pretty bad and then it was like it was close with the Cowboys with the you know it was they lost to the Cowboys but it was still close and it's like the Cowboys are also kind of I mean they're in a weird spot I'm, unless correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like they're not really super super good and they, but it seems like they fuck up <laughs> like pretty in the beginning uh, in um, the beginning the Cowboys looked like they were super super good but that's because they were also playing like bad teams okay sure for the most part yeah I mean like uh, so I was like they're an average team that just looks really good right yeah. now yeah <laughs> and then the only one that's the Cowboys to a T though yeah that is- <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah and then like similar to us the only one where there was like a convincing Fuck like loss was like <laughs> was against the Chiefs so I was just like looking at it and I was like man I feel like it's just kind of tough to assess where they're at actually um, but I mean like you, I it's we easier have to say like, like you guys like you guys saying like uh, at least these past few games are not playing well and it's hard for them to get together but yeah, I don't they know. don't have it's a run just, game. Uh, we have a great run defense. Yeah. Herbert is not making consistent passes. Our defense is aggressive and flying around the field, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's clearly working. That's the thing, though. It's, I was in the middle here. Scout. But, yeah. It's hard to scout because the Chargers aren't playing to their potential. They aren't playing near their potential. That's what I felt like. It's, I, it's I, hard would say, to... I, I would say it's not necessarily hard to scout because they still have a pretty – like the, a good chunk of their roster on the offensive side of the ball is – like from last year as well. So, I mean, it, we still have lots of game film on them at when they were executing very well last season um, versus the season when they're not. So, so I mean, like we kind of have both and that allows us to actually see not only what defenses schemes didn't work, but what ones are working currently that are causing it, that are causing this, that are causing Giving them problems, um, additional pressure that's causing like tough to read, like, so that's something I'd be interested in is looking and seeing what other teams have done on the defensive side of the ball. No, yeah. I think it's going to be a decent game to watch. Yeah, yeah there be, are a yeah, couple of like, I, I think it'll be four, super two and five teams. Uh, yeah, I think it's but, just it's tough to call. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not not so far fetched oh, to say the Bears can have it. Uh, What's up? Okay, so now we have to ask the question though. 
Bears win. Bajent goes out and shows out again. Now what? Uh, it's still the Chargers defense, which is I mean, personally, I also just bit. personally like I don't, I don't know. I, I'm doing hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hypothetical. Right. Like I think everyone's I think it, gonna freak out. Um, Bajent has an efficient game. He goes out and does his job. I want to throw out there. He threw for 162 yards in this game. That is it. Okay. High efficiency, short, one touchdown. So, like, if he goes out and does the same stat line, we win again, you know, like, con- controlling the ball, controlling the pace of the game throughout it, on the road. If you're winning, that- you can't fuck with it. That's what I think. I think that's what the Niners did with Brock Purdy. They, they you know, they went with it and because they kept winning. And yeah. I think you can't, you can't argue with, you know, wins. I just think it also, I mean, yeah. It depends on what you want too, you know. Do you want to just keep winning? I mean, I don't think we're, I don't think we're making playoffs. I mean, so do you want wins? Do you want to try and save your job if you're Matt Eberflus? Do you, or do you want to assess what you have and finish, you know, seeing what you got with Justin Fields? So I just think it depends on what they want, you know. So that's where the way that Fields is competitively, I absolutely see him trying to get into practice and trying to take some snaps and trying to like already <laughs> yeah. prove that he can come back, yeah. you know. But I think that a conversation is going to have to be had of, look, we you are our quarterback. That's it. Um, but we need you to come back healthy so we can do a true evaluation. If you don't come back 100%, it, the evaluation that we're going to do is not going to be – you're not stacking the deck in your favor any further. You know what I mean? Um, By coming back So early. for me, I'm looking at it more of a – obviously, Bajan is not – does not suddenly become QB one, but that he is the starter until fields is a hundred percent. Let him come back fully healthy, kind of like a, a fresh start, you know, um, don't rush it. Don't yeah. Rush I mean, it. similar, no similar to the conversation. The There's no yeah, similar to the conversation that we were having about Deontay Foreman being that bridge, you know, leaving exactly. Ty- Tyson Bajant to be that bridge back to Justin Fields. It's just, yeah. uh, it's tough. And I think, I think fans, at least supporters of Justin Fields, or at least anyone that wants to figure out what Justin Fields truly is, it's tough to, cause you, you're kind of antsy, you know, and you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's like, I, we don't know. I mean, we don't know who's he's, I think he is like, it's not far fetched to say he's kind of on the chopping block. Uh, so it's like, I don't know. You kind of want, it's like, you get antsy cause it's like, okay, well, I want to, I want to just want us to know like for sure, like, you know, uh, where he's at and assess him and give him a fair assessment. And I, I don't know. I do. I just, it's tough. <laughs> but I'm not the one making plan, the call. So, what's up, Isaac? From from a game plan perspective, I think Bajan's going to be. It's going to be easy for him to dink and dunk, and you know, execute. When he's good at managing the game, game plan. he's great at that, and he's shown he's. I mean, at least his past game, he's great well, at it. So I'm. I'm not going to say he is great at that. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> That that's game design again. Sure. Oh, yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna lean hard sure. into game design. That's not him out there. Like, no. I guess I mean he fits into that. The guys like, in the huddle was that he was reading the line very well, and that he was like making changes. And he reading you know, defense. He, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That he was very good at reading defenses. His IQ seems to be pretty good. Um, like pr- pretty pretty high and advanced up there, especially for a guy. Again, like people want to keep saying. I keep saying it. Right, a D two quarterback. That doesn't mean that the intelligence isn't there. That doesn't mean that the IQ is not there. I am interested to see how Bajan holds up against if the Chargers are able to create pressure with Bosa and Mac. Mm. If he can keep that poise and that calm. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting I think, to see. 
I think that'll be something to watch. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just interested to see how he does in his second start. Because yeah. the first start, mm-hmm. people can, you know, go crazy, but then they'll drift off. And I think if he can hold up, it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, how he performs. I think a big a big part of that's going to have to do with the game plan too, though. You yeah. Know? Like if if it's a lot of these short, quick passes, we already know that the exit velocity on his hand is so quick, right? Like the way that he whips that ball out is it, it like that is very high up there, right? Um, so as long as a lot of the plays are designed continually in that in that regard, and we're a, again, it's establishing the run game is going to buy us that extra that extra time, that extra beef that that half second hesitation on a defender basically <laughs> to, that allows for those short plays to work. Um, plus just making sure that we're targeting our fucking playmakers again, right. To give them the opportunity. I mean, sick over 60% of our, of our total yardage came on yards after catch. So that's, we need that. We need that. Gotta lean on that. We, yeah. We, we, heavily, you know, so it's uh, putting facilitating the opportunity of your, of your playmakers is, I've I've said that again and again this season, and I'm I'm going to keep saying it, um, especially now without Fields out there, without one of your primary playmakers out there. All right, that's it for the Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Chargers preview. And so now we move into the part where I say, Stein, what do you have for the people? Yo, check out my other podcast, Chick Flicks with Dicks. Flicks is spelled with an X. Uh, find us on anywhere you stream your podcast. Please rate and review. Share us with your friends. Uh, Halloween's coming up. We have done uh, three different Halloween episodes over the last few years, so go check out one of those. Um, you can find us on Instagram. And then also Real Gym Heroes on Instagram. Heroes is, ends with a Z because, you know, my, my, my name starts with a Z. So uh-huh. I like to throw that in there. Today. Very nice. That's what I got. Isaac, what you got? Uh, this is off. This is off script. He did this already, right? When he was trying you know, to like get past the <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. This is off like, script. What are you talking about? I usually go last. Okay, this you can go last. I always uh, last off. time you said the the Z. Last time you talked about the Z and Jim Heroes, you said because fuck it, why not? I didn't make the connection of the Z as in Zachary. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right, I'll go. Uh, if you want to follow me. On Instagram, I am at O-H-M-A-R, Daniel. Uh, I will keep my music stuff updated because I make music. I currently have music already out uh, that you can find anywhere you find music under my regular name, just Omar Daniel, no H. Hoping to have some uh, new new projects, new music coming out soon, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us at the Bear Claw Pod on TikTok and Instagram. And if you would like to send us an email, you can send that email to bearclawpodcontact at gmail.com. Please, please, please rate and review. And please, please, please share with any Bears fans, friends that you have uh, if you enjoy this. Isaac, what have you got? My Instagram is Isaac, E Y E Z E C K. Just dropped a single on Friday called reckless Ooh. so that's you can find that through my instagram uh yeah i keep updated with my music i got a bunch of stuff coming out soon very cool and uh your music it's like a hip-hop rap vibe right you got going yeah um Do you want to kind of like a boom bappy vibe i guess very cool all right um 
we will be back next week same time same channel uh as always thank you very much if you're listening to this podcast we really appreciate it if you share it we also very much appreciate it we will see you next week chin up and bear down i guess not chin up enjoy the win enjoy the dub hopefully we can get one this next week bear down fucking see you next week Duh, bears. <laughs>